0: Welcome to the Financial Coaches Podcast, where we talk about how to build your practice from startup to scale up, while being the kind of coach your clients crave. Finally, a podcast for financial
1: coaches. Here are your hosts, Maria Casillas and Cody Sizemore. Well, hello, and welcome back to the Financial Coaches Podcast. My name is Cody Sizemore, and I am joined here by Maria Casillas. And uh, we are here to talk to you about you know, some, uh, some client stuff, you know, talking mm-hmm. about how some clients sometimes have some tendency <laughs> to self-sabotage, right? Um, so Maria, I, n- I know that you wanted to talk about this one in particular, and I'm glad that you do because I, I also deal with this as well. Okay. Uh, where like, you know, clients would do really well and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, it seems, they just kind of go like, mm, just kidding. <laughs> and they like do something to self-sabotage themselves. And, and we as coaches were like, what happened? Right. You know, so and trying to make sense of that, like, okay, like, why, why did this happen and how can we move forward? So what's, what's your input on it, Maria?
0: Well, and I know we've talked about this in a different nuance before, but this came up just the other day when I was working with somebody and and I'm like, you know what? I think this is a really really good way to kind of explain this to our coaches who were listening today. I was talking to this this girl and um God bless her, she she had done all of the things that she needed to do and it was not somebody that I was coaching initially. It was someone who was being coached by another coach and then when this happened, they brought me in to try to help identify some of the some of the roadblocks that this person was experiencing. So Long story short, she had worked a plan with a different coach. She had paid off all of her debt, and the reason that I ended up seeing her is because less than one month after she had paid off all her debt, she went into a significant amount of debt. After that, and she kind of said to the coach, "Like, look, I don't know what is going on in my mind that's making me do this." And this coach said, "I know exactly who I want you to talk to," and so sent her my way, and we kind of unpack some of this. Well. I don't know if you know this, Cody, but I actually have a minor in criminology. Did you know that? I don't know if you
1: did. I did not know that. No.
0: So uh, I was so I I was done in school, but I was smitten with my now husband, and um, he was in a bunch of he was majoring in criminal justice. And so, in order to like be able to take same classes as him, this is super mature of me, right? Um, Right. (laughs) I had already done most of my classes, and I'm like, well, what's what's another minor? So I just added a minor onto my list so I could go and take some of these classes with him. So, um, having said that, though, you know how much I love psychology, you. know how much I love the human mind and the human behavior and so it was fascinating to me to to see like how does the mind work what happens when someone you know goes into rehab are there is there such thing as true rehabilitation all of those things i got to do a stint in mostly a women's prison i got to be in a men's prison once not my cup of tea just for the record um but i really enjoyed working in the women's prison for a while so Anyway, um, I don't know if you are aware, Cody, but there's this phenomenon, and I wish I knew the actual name of it. But let's get real—I don't. Where somebody who has been in prison for so long, they are almost scared to get out. Like there, there's like an opportunity for them to go, and they're like, "No, no, no, no! I don't know what it's like on the other side. I don't want to go." And or they get out. And then within, you know, two, three weeks, they go and do something horrible. Um, or they just do something little like, you know, violate their probation or whatever, parole. I guess it'd be parole mm-hmm. if they were imprisoned. Um, just so they can go back in. And yep. and I was I was thinking about that when it was with this girl because one of the insights that she had after we had this this session was, oh my gosh, I need chaos. Like that was this was this mind boggling idea for her. She's like, I need chaos. I don't know how to live in this sense of freedom and accomplishment and relief. Those are the three words she had given me with how she felt when she had paid off all the debt was freedom and relief and accomplishment. And then she realized, crap, I don't know how to live in that. That's not comfortable for me. I was way more comfortable with all the chaos. So that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about why the heck do they do what they do and how do we focus on helping them Get out of that mess, rather than just be like, dude, like, you had it. What happened? Right?
1: Mm-hmm. So, you mentioned uh, prisoners. I did. Right? <laughs> have you ever seen the movie Shawshank Redemption?
0: I have, but I'm really old, and it was a long time ago. A really okay. long time ago.
1: All right. So... Funny story. Uh, I, too, have actually been in, in prison as well.
0: I did not know that. This is a great yes. episode.
1: <laughs> yes. All right. Uh, however, the prison that I went to was not because I was put in prison, mm. uh, and it wasn't even an open prison. It was the it was the prison that Shank Redemption was actually filmed at. Oh. So that prison is, like, two hours away from, from where I live, uh-huh. uh, and it's abandoned. You know, well, it's... It's not abandoned. It's closed, but they have it open for, like, tourist stuff kind of thing. Mm-hmm. For people like so, you
0: who really wanted to go to prison.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was in the area, <laughs> and I was like, let's go to prison. <laughs> so uh, I went there, and I and I did, did the tour, which was awesome, by the way. Where is uh, it? Very, very cool. It's in Mansfield, Ohio. Okay. Mm-hmm. Good to know. You, you've never heard of Mansfield, and I guarantee you'll probably never hear of it again. So <laughs> It's from Mansfield, Ohio. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> and if you're listening today, you can say, oh, I know Mansfield.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I went there and um, when I went there, I actually didn't even, I've never seen uh, Shawshank Redemption when I okay. went there. Um, and as I was there, I was like, man, this is really cool. And I mentioned something to my friend and I was like, this would be like a great place to like film a movie or something like that. <laughs> and he looked at me and he goes, are you serious? And I'm like, <laughs> no. All uh, right. Yeah. Like what? And he goes, you know, this is where they filmed Shawshank Redemption. And I'm like, oh, well, I've never seen that. He goes, are you serious? And I'm like, yes. So I, I went back, uh, back home and I watched Shawshank Redemption, which was actually cool because I was like, I was there. I was there. Yeah. Um, it so it, anyways, my whole point in saying this is that. You know, you had mentioned that, like, uh, you know, a lot of prisoners, when they try and get... When they're they're about to get out, they might sometimes, like, do something to keep them in. Or they get out and they try and get back in kind of thing. And that is pretty much exactly what um, one of the characters in the movie did. Mm. Um, So, you know, there's a character in there called Brooks. And he's, like, this really, really old guy. Super, super nice guy. Like, really good person, really good heart. Like, you know, he's, he's been in prison for like 50 years. So he's grown into this like, you know, good person, uh, during his time in there and like everybody loved him and he was set to get released. And I think like the day before he got released, he actually like pulled a knife out on one of the, one of his friends who was another inmate and was basically threatening to kill him. You know, he had, like, knives to his throat, like, all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And his other friends who were inmates, like, stepped in. They're like, Brooks, like, what are you doing? Like, blah, blah, blah. Don't throw us away. Like, you put the knife down, all that kind of stuff. And he basically told him, he's like, I need to stay here. I don't, I, I've been in here for 50 years. I'm 70-something years old. I'm going to go out there. My life is over. What am I going to do?
0: Yeah, kind of thing. I don't know any better. So
1: he was just like." super afraid and he would rather choose living in prison and suffering in prison rather than having freedom. And I think that that's something that, you know, this, this client that you're talking about as well as other clients that we experience and work with probably deal with in their own way Yep. to where like, you know, they have those, those things that they deal with the chaos, as you put it, um, or, you know, the, the suffering, They're just comfortable with that suffering because they know what it feels like and they don't quite know what the freedom or the accomplishment or the relief feels like. So it's scary to them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And then when they get a taste of that, I think sometimes it's just that they don't know how to handle that. And I think sometimes it's that their their self-talk Comes in and it says things like you know you don't deserve this or this isn't really you this is this is just temporary you know uh, this was just a fluke whatever and and they're they're not their egos aren't really ready for what what that even looks and feels like and so I want to talk a little bit about what does it look like to us so if we. Like we're having this conversation today. And so now because people are listening to this, they're going to see some of this and they're going to be a little bit more able to identify what's going on for some of their clients. But if we had not had this conversation today, what, what has it always felt like to you as the coach when somebody does this, you know, whether it's them getting so close and then bam, they, they knock it off or they, they get to that spot and then they revert back to old habits. How does that feel to you as a coach? How do you typically interpret that?
1: When you say, how does that feel? Do you mean like, how does, how do I feel about it? Or, okay. Yep. So when that's happened to me in the past, um, it, it's definitely a bummer. It's definitely a bummer because, you know, I, I really grow to care about the people that I work with Mm -hmm. on, on like a pretty deep level. And when I see them you know, self-sabotaging or, you know, intentionally putting themselves in the position to suffer, it bums me out. You know, it's like, I wouldn't want, I wouldn't want that for my family. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want that for my friends. And I wouldn't want that for my clients. So okay. when that happens, I'm like, dude, like what's going on? You know, like <sighs> talk to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it definitely bums me out for sure.
0: And had we not had this conversation, where would you place the reasoning for those actions?
1: you think? Mm. Um, that's a really good question. It could be a number of things. Um, you know I think that you you had said a word that stood out to me and you said ego. Mm. And you know I, I think that there's a lot to be spoken about that word. Um, cause really at the end of the day, when, so- when something like this happens, where they got themselves out of debt and then a month later they got themselves back into debt on a, in a pretty deep level, it mm-hmm. sounds like, mm-hmm. uh, to Thousands. me, that sounds like it's, it's the fear of change and the fear of the unknown because they've been so comfortable in that suffering. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the ego doesn't like that, you know, it, it wants to stay in control at at all costs because control is safety. And by ego, like I'm talking about like your identity self, Mm -hmm. right? So, um, because if you've never had that thing that you say that you want, then you don't know who you are when you have that thing that you say that you want. Right. And, and the ego doesn't, doesn't like that either. You know, the ego likes the known, even if the known is suffering. So, getting what we want requires almost like this, like disillusion of our self-image, mm-hmm. and in the attachment of who we think we are, and this is very terrifying in a sense because it's it's almost like the hero's journey, you know. So, and what I mean by the hero's journey is like movies, like Luke Skywalker, you know, like we leave behind like the known world for the unknown and we have to have faith that there's something beautiful waiting for us on the other side. But that's really really hard to do when we are comfortable with what we know. Yeah. So we have to have that like disillusion of ourselves and really try and change what we know about ourselves. And that's really hard. I agree. That's really hard. But I if you're agree. able to do that, then you can you can make a new comfortable. Yeah. New known.
0: And you put a lot of that so eloquently. It was I, some, some things really stuck out one, especially like being comfortable in the suffering that really stuck out. Um, a couple other things did as well, because again, you were just so eloquent with that. Um, I want to just point out that in the hero's journey, there is always a guide and the guide is not the hero in the story. And right. we as coaches are that guide for the hero right. the hero is
1: we are client. not the hero that's
0: correct even though many believe that that's what they're set out to do um, is to be the hero in someone's life and that's not who we are it's not what we're meant to do in our jobs as coaches we are meant to be the guide in that hero's journey and exactly. uh, and I think we are that,
1: yes <laughs> I'm <laughs>
0: I'm about that height too I think uh, anyway <laughs> he's really short right <laughs>
1: You're the king of Yoda. Oh, it's okay.
0: I, yeah, right. I obviously am not a. Traveler. Everyone just
1: throws Maria in the, in the reviews. The one-star review and say Maria doesn't know who is, we want to know. I,
0: well, is he really tall?
1: <laughs> I think he's average.
0: Well, that's what I am too. See, I was just average. I'm average. Well, I'm average short. Anyway, um, I am not a Trekkie, uh, but I do know about the hero's journey. <laughs> <laughs> and I know we're a guide, and I don't pretend to know things that I don't know. So, um, yes, one-star reviews are just fine. Having said all of that, <laughs> I want us to remember what, what our place is in that, and also recognize that the hero is going through that disparity in thought and emotion. Like, they're, it's it's frustrating for them. I can't, it can't be easy to know that they want something and yet continually be brought back based on just being comfortable in that suffering. You know, so our job is to help them be comfortable with some of the discomfort, you know, to help. I like to say we stretch our comfort zone. So rather than jumping out of your comfort zone, let's just stretch that comfort zone a little bit so that it doesn't feel like something we can't maintain but rather we just become comfortable with more and more things as time goes on. So, yeah, um, yeah I, I really, this this conversation has been so fun for me because I think I think so many times we forget that this is where they're at and it's so easy, especially if we are focused on the numbers. If we've got a spreadsheet in front of us and we're like, but you're so close, like you, you could be totally debt-free in two months or less, you know, you just got to pick up yourself and, and go and do it if we're focusing on that, what do you think they're going to hear when we say stuff like that?
1: Well, um, I think that they hear that like we're excited for them. You Mm -hmm. know, I think that there's no doubt in that. Uh, But I also think that there might be something in the back of their mind that's thinking like, okay, like, yeah, like, that may be true. Um, but is that really like what I want? Mm -hmm. You know, like the numbers Mm -hmm. per se, Mm -hmm. you know? And I, and I think that this is why coaching is so important. Um, and, and really getting behind the numbers because oftentimes when people are wanting to, for example, get out of debt, it's not for the sake of them being debt free. It's, it's all of the, Emotional and mental attachments that come with it—that yep. they're looking that they're that they're looking to get. So when we focus on the excitement with the numbers, there's nothing wrong with that. But we have to really make sure that we have those deeper discussions, so that we can also talk about what life will look like on the other side.
0: Mm-hmm. I think you it's also yeah, and I think it's also important to recognize that when we have that kind of discussion with somebody, and then they do slip up whether they're sabotaging before they get to the end or after they've been released from prison per se, some of the emotional reactions that they're going to have are going to, can be pretty dark. You know, they can, they can Mm -hmm. be very, they can feel very shameful. And if they don't think that you would be quote proud of them, even if they don't meet those numbers, then they might be like, less likely to come to you and share some of that with you. Um, this particular person that I am referencing today, um, she, when we were talking about how did she feel after having sabotaged, she, she basically said, well, I didn't feel anything bad. And like that, was, that was her statement. It was funny. It was almost as if she thought I needed to hear something bad and she didn't want to say anything bad. And after a little while, though, Cody, after we started peeling back some of those layers and I'd ask some questions, we realized that the reason she didn't feel bad is because she was allowing herself to justify all of the things that she was doing. But when she really got down to it, she recognized that she was actually feeling shameful, embarrassed, and regretful. Those were the three words that she, that she finally said. And she even said to me, this was really hard for me to even say out loud because I didn't even recognize those emotions at the time. It wasn't until I'm really allowing myself to feel the feelings that I realized those are the things that I was feeling. And I I just think that happens so many times with our clients. And if we're not willing to have them identify those we can't use them as tools, and actually, that's actually what I did with her. Is I use this as a tool. I mean, next time that you're going to to buy something that is impulsive or compulsive, because that was the issue that she was having, that I don't want you to justify how it's going to affect your numbers, because she can, she knows, she knows logically that she can just move some numbers around and it, and it will work. But that was sabotaging her plan every single time. So I asked her for a little while. I said instead of measuring. Yes or no, based on how you're going to make the numbers work. How will this affect your budget? So I want you to ask yourself on a scale of one to six, one being I am shameful, embarrassed and regretful and six being I'm relieved and free and accomplished. How is this next purchase going to feel for you? And she's like, oh my gosh, I have never thought about measuring something according to that type of scale. Never. And I said, well, that's going to be more powerful for you than numbers, because you can logically convince yourself that the numbers will work. And you have to decide, you can logically decide that you'd rather be shameful, embarrassed and regretful as well. Like you can convince yourself of that, but at least you're not lying to yourself anymore. You're you're saying the quiet part out loud. And she's like, yeah, I think that's going to be a lot harder to justify that <laughs> when, I'm, when I'm using those actual words. So um, I, I bring all that up because I want you to realize that this is not all just googly gook. It will be if you just uncover all of this and then don't do anything with it. I'm encouraging you to uncover it and then do something with the information. They're mm-hmm. giving you a language that resonates with them. Use the language that resonates with them.
1: Yeah. Turn it into tools. Yeah. in tools. That's, that's the biggest thing. You know, like you, you want to have those conversations with the intent of not just having it be a passing conversation and be like, cool, glad we talked about that. Let's go right back to the numbers. Like, you know, that's something that you can make note of. And then when something like this happens again, you can bring it up and be like, Hey, so are you living in, in line with this feeling or this feeling? Yeah. You know, did that, did that, uh, action cause you to do this or this, um, and you know when you do that, then it it talks m- less about the numbers but more so what's attached to it.
0: Mm-hmm. And I
1: think that that's what's honestly the most important.
0: Yeah, and it gives them something a new perspective to look at something through. You know, it gives them a different lens through which to look. And so I just think that that um, the more that we can do that for our clients, the more likely they'll be to come back to us when they. Are feeling the need to pull the knife on their friend. If we're going back to that analogy, you know, they'll feel more likely to come back to us when they've already been released from prison and yet are they're feeling that anxiety of, I don't, I'm 70 years old, I don't know what to do, I've never, I've never been in this debt free world or I've never, I've never saved for myself first, I've never invested in myself before. How do I even do this? I'm so used to living paycheck to paycheck, for example. I don't know what to do next. And so I'm just going to go right back to living paycheck to paycheck, which is what we see all the time when somebody gets an increase in their pay, but they also have lifestyle create because that's, it's not just because they want increased lifestyles because they really like living paycheck to paycheck because it's comfortable. It's what they know. So okay. this just gives us a little bit more teeth, you know, something to put our teeth into something for them to put their teeth into, um, and really, uh, help change their behaviors moving forward in a more sustainable manner. I think. Yeah. Definitely. Cool. Well, thank you so much for letting me geek out on this. I mean, obviously I geek out on prison and not on Star Trek. We all that, that has been unveiled today.
1: (laughs) So so I just want to say something. Please do. This is an amazing moment. (laughs) Uh This is an amazing moment. I'm admittedly a little
0: bit afraid of what you're about to say, but go on.
1: Yoda and Luke Skywalker and Obi Wan Kenobi uh-huh. is Star Wars. Oh,
0: for God's sake!
1: Not Star Trek.
0: I, I actually knew that as well, um, but yeah, I don't even don't even bother. Like, just
1: oh, oh, man. So, what, so what you guys need to do is you guys need to join the Facebook group so you can roast me. Make a post in there and
0: roast we'll call Korea. it the roast post. <laughs>
1: Yeah, make a roast post.
0: <laughs> oh boy! All right. Well, you know, you know, Cody, <laughs> I I am happy to be the person at which everyone has an expensive laugh, <laughs> and that's <Yeah>. okay. <laughs> I appreciate that. For the record, I'm five one, so we can we can just throw that out there. That's how tall I am. So whoever, whatever character fits that. That's where we're going to go with. And um, star. if it, it had something to do with stars, we're good. Wars, Trek, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Shut up. Anyway. <laughs> you guys, thanks so much for tuning in today. We look forward to the roast posts and we look forward to seeing you next week. <laughs> have a good one. <laughs> Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Financial Coaches Podcast. Brought to you by New Money Habits and Sizemore Financial Coaching. Submit your questions
1: to our hosts by emailing podcast at newmoneyhabits.com. Be sure to subscribe to be notified of future episodes and join our growing group of like minded coaches on Facebook. And until next time, happy
0: coaching. Music provided by Summer School.